where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I'm your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Diggity Dan Hornstein. If you haven't heard us before, this podcast is a music-based podcast for anyone who enjoys music. On this uh, on this podcast, not episode, well, also on this episode, Dan and I are each going to pick an album for the week, listen to it, and then come together to give a brief bio of the artist, and then discuss why we picked it, and then have a conversation on it, and try not to dive into immaturity like last week we did it for the first like five minutes. What's wrong with diving into immaturity? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That'll probably happen. I'm going to make poo-poo jokes all day now. <laughs> so we did ball jokes and now it's poo-poo jokes. Now it's gonna, we're going from balls to poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> we're going up in the world. <laughs> is that upper? Is that, a, I don't know. Is it, so that's a good question. Lateral balls, jokes. Is it a lateral move? Is it a forward move? Is it behind? Uh, uh, you can find us on social media and Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Underscore pockets 21 and you can find Dan on Instagram at, I like how you didn't entertain that at all. You just went, nope, nope. moving on, <laughs> cruising on. <laughs> the only way is forward. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> like Lord of the Rings, the way is shut. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm more like the way is shit. Because <laughs> of poop jokes. So yeah. you can find me, you can find me on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. <laughs> And you can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. Mm. Uh, yeah. So this week, we're once again going to start off with a sniggle, which is our silly word for singles. And what'd you pick for a single this week, Dan? I picked Death Grips. More than a fairy featuring Les Claypool on mm-hmm. bass. You know this about me. We've talked about this offline. I am a huge fan of Death Grips mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. That bears a little bit of explaining. Death yeah. Grips has been around for a long time now. They're, I think, 10 years into their career. They started with a mixtape, and then they made The Money Store and a bunch of albums since then. And this is a group that, when I first listened to them probably about five years ago, I Uh hated it. Absolutely (laughs) hated it. I thought this is trash. It did not do anything for me. Who knows why it caught me off guard, what have you. Mm -hmm. And I never went back to it, but Death Grips was one of those bands that kept popping up on my radar. A lot of artists that I really like, like Death Grips. They kept getting recommended based on stuff that I like. And then not too long ago, I guess it was about a year ago, I go, okay, Death Grips, second chance. What do you got? Yeah. And all of a sudden it clicked, and I have been diehard <laughs> on this band ever since then. This new single is, I think, really exemplary of what Death Grips sounds like. It is, it has a, li- it has everything that makes Death Grips Death Grips, which is mm-hmm. insanity bottled up into a song format. Les Claypool features on here and has what I think is a really cool bass line that he's doing that's very reminiscent of old, old Primus, which I haven't yes. heard him do in a long time. Specifically, you remember Sailing the Seas of Cheese? 
the yeah. album with Tommy the Cat and then was those damn blue collar tweakers is another hit off of that one. There's a song on that album called Is It Luck that I think has a really, really similar bass line to this one. And if you so I don't know if this is a song where if you know Death Grips, if you like Death Grips, you will probably like this song. If you mm-hmm. do not like Death Grips, <laughs> you will hate this song. <laughs> and I would say if you don't know Death Grips, don't start here. <laughs> <laughs> this is late in their catalog. There, that's not to say that there's a lot of Death Grips that is more accessible than this. It's par yeah. for the course. Right. But I would recommend for somebody, if you asked me, Dan, where do I start with death death grips? I would almost tell you to go chronologically through their catalog and just see Mm -hmm. how it fits you because their sound does have an evolution to it. What did you think? Let me, that was a little bit of history. What were your thoughts? General impressions. First, first impression was I totally was like, okay, this has an old school Primus vibe just from the bass. And then I was like, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was just like weird. Yes. It, it, the, if you could had to put that song into words, it's like taking uh, like an eight-piece drum set with too many drums, a bass guitar that's way too loud, and then a guitar that's overly distorted, and then a synthesizer and a bunch of electronic stuff, and putting it into a pickle jar along with <laughs> six million bees, and then you shake it up, and the bees are like, oh, fuck you, and the bees are trying to get out and kill everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's this song in words. <laughs> and that's also Death Grips. Yeah, it is. That's just them. That's their sound. I have a T-shirt that I bought... I absolutely love it. It's a Death Grips t-shirt and it's it just says Death Grips, but it's the Cantina band from Star Wars. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. And that's just uh, wonderful to me. It's it's not my thing. I I the more I listened to it, the more and more I was like, okay, I can pick out things about this that I like, but I'm like this isn't something I want to go listen to most of the time, but I was like, okay, I do see like the, the talent and the artistry in this and the bass is just phenomenal. I mean, it's less Claypool. It's less Claypool. There's death grips is one of the, one of the things that they do. I think so exceedingly well is they have a, first of all, they're wholly original. I don't know any other group that sounds like death grips sounds. So they've got that going for them. But second to that is they, the electronic work that they do always has a texture to it. And I can't articulate what it sounds like, except that it feels like you're, you're in a tube and you're traveling somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's the sound that the tube makes. It's almost like a Doppler effect to their stuff. It's so synthetic. Yeah. I think is the is the way that I would describe it. And it's it's got a texture to it that makes me very uncomfortable when I listen to it. I like Death Grips the same way I appreciate a really tense scene in a movie that makes me squirm in my seat because that's mm-hmm. what the music does to me. It really makes me squirm in my seat. And 
Like the dinner party episode of The Office. Which I I don't know The Office, bro. Don't hate me. Oh! Don't hate dude, me. It's I so didn't get into The Office. Okay. It's so uncomfortable. So if if you like The Office, that, that might be my trade-off. Because I don't like The Office, I like Death You Trips. like this? <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't tell you why I like The Office. I don't know why I like don't like The Office. I should. It's... It's got everything I should like in it. I just can't get on board with it. So I gave Death Grips four beards because it's very much Death Grips for me. How about you? I gave it three. Um, not something I'm going to really listen to, but I did appreciate like the uniqueness of it. So I was like, it's not, it's not bad music. It's just not for everybody. And I, I can totally see why a ton of people would really be into that. It's just not my favorite, but I did appreciate what they were doing and the uniqueness of it. So it's above average. Hence the three. And then this week for my sniggle, I picked, I picked animals by architects. Now I had not heard of these guys till a couple weeks ago. Okay. And I heard one of their other singles and I was like, man, it's okay. And then I heard this song and I heard the breakdown and I was like, whoa, because me and a good breakdown, it's oh, it, it's on if I hear a good breakdown. So I really got into this song mostly because of the breakdown. I really like the driving drums. Uh, Architects, by the way, they're like a metalcore band from uh, Brighton or Bristol, somewhere in the UK. Starts at the B. Uh, but what really stood out is the breakdown. But at the same time, it, and it has this Britain. like, yeah, Britain. Yeah. It with, somewhere it starts with a B in England. Yeah. Oh, you mean Britain? <laughs> no, the, the, the part that makes the break, like uh, breakdowns now, so many bands do breakdowns. You need to have something different about your breakdown to make it stand out. Well, this, I don't know if it's the guitar or a synth or something. It kind of sounds like a guitar, but at the same time, it sounds like a synth, but there's like this siren sound mm -hmm. that goes during the breakdown that just sets it off. It makes it really cool. The rest of the song is like these great driving drums and guitars and the vocals are pretty good. Uh, but that, that breakdown, I was just like, I, I knocked it down half a beard to three and a half beards because the breakdown needed to be like a little bit longer. It was just way too short. I do agree it, with that. It's a, yes. I felt like it's a good song and I felt like they were like, Oh, we want to make this more radio friendly. So we'll just cut down the breakdown. I was like, no, that's like the killer part of your song with that siren. You got to give people like, I know when they play that live, they're doing that longer. They have to be. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah, have yeah, to be. They have to be. Shame I just on felt them like if that they was don't. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt like that would if that was a producer. Like, no, we can't have this on the radio. We got to cut it down. Blah blah blah. And I was if like, I oh, went and they, so if I went to a concert and they they played it like it is on the record, I would boo. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think about it? Well, okay. Is it just me, or did you get big time Lincoln Park vibes from this? I got subtle Lincoln Park vibes from it. Not big time, but I did get subtle Lincoln Park vibes. Okay. And maybe I'm not, maybe it's because I'm not as big of a Lincoln Park fan as you are. I know you like them a little bit more than me, or you're probably a little deeper into their catalog than I am. I, I've, I used to be really big into Lincoln Park, but then I okay. grew up. Uh, fair enough. Touche. <laughs> Stopped watching Transformers movies and all of a sudden it was out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden I was like, Optimus Prime is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Megatron was robbed, goddammit. 
No, but the the vocals where he's like, we're just a bunch. That's yes. so Chester Bennington. Vocals, it really is. Especially, I wrote down, very, very much Linkin Park track. Yeah. Par- Linkin Park vibes, excuse me. Yeah. I had, I had dabbled with this record a little bit. I have this habit whenever stuff gets released on Apple Music, which I, I use. If I like the cover, I'll start, I'll give it a run. And, mm-hmm. excuse me, this has... Um, a lot of traits of modern heavy music that the older I get, the less I'm into. And this is, this is just very much my taste. It doesn't make anything mm-hmm. good or bad, but I, I, I'm starting to get to a point now where with heavier music, heavier bands, I really need something that goes against the grain, something that's unique and different. If it's a little run of the mill, Nine times out of ten, I'm gonna listen to it and go, "Yeah, that was good, but it's not. It's it feels unremarkable to me." Right, and that's where Architects left me. I did like the breakdown, but overall, I walked away from this song with right at two and a half beards, and just felt well, like okay, it 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 was good. Clearly, they're very talented. It's a very well produced song. It's well written for that style of music of what it is. Mm-hmm. I just felt indifferent to it i i can understand what you're saying because with a lot of metalcore or hard rock that's come out the last probably 10 years there's only been a handful of albums i thought were exceptionally good uh like a lot of even like my favorite metalcore bands like of mice and men devil wars prada Mm -hmm. the last several albums of theirs i was just like there's nothing unique about this there's nothing special about this it's just like the same kind of thing it's i feel like they've all for some reason, maybe I don't know if it's like the fan base wants it or whatever research or some something is pushing them to just like this is the sound that everybody wants to do, and nobody wants to break out and do something unique. Everyone's just oh, we'll just do the same thing. We'll do this type of verse with this type of chorus, and then we'll do a breakdown. And like, there's some breakdowns on new songs that are great, and there's some that are just like meh. And like, yeah. even it's getting to the point now where a lot of these new metal bands, their breakdowns are even just like, this is dry, this is plain, this is boring, there's nothing to this. So it's it's kind of like losing the point. And I'm still drawn to more bands like Deftones where they're like, hey, we're going to do something different and unique. And we're just going to like take some stuff out of like the hat here and throw it in and see what sticks. That's and I, it's, always it's way more creative. Yeah, that's always going to be the, I 100% agree with you on that. And that's, I feel like once you get to that point, once you have that revelation, the bell can't be unrung. No, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it can either because I, um, there's another album I want to review that was kind of a continuation of another album that I really, really enjoyed from 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And it's good, but it's not, not nearly as good as the one before it. Okay. So we're going to review that because okay. I kind of want to review them together. It's two EPs. And so I want to review them together because together it's a total of 10 songs and they kind of go with each other. And not to say that the new one doesn't have good parts on it, but you compare, I want to compare them and contrast them because it just came out like on Friday. So sold. Let's do it. That'll be fun. So that that's we could some, do an all yeah. EPs episode. We could do those two EPs and then the three EPs by the beta band. Yeah, that's, I'm fine with that. Let's Which, do if you've seen High Fidelity, episodes. that's a very pivotal scene in High Fidelity. <laughs> I have great, not seen great movie. Have you never seen that movie? <clears throat> no. Holy shnikes. We have homework to do. 
I thought it was just like, you know, something about VHS tuning, the old tuner getting the tracking right now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, bro. <laughs> no, as a music fan, you really need to watch High Fidelity. It's fantastic. Early Jack Black. Oh, I think it was okay. I think it was his first I think it was his breakout role. This was pre School of Rock. Uh-huh. He had he had done like the Tenacious D thing on the side, but this was this was the role that put him in the stratosphere and made him a star. And John Cusack is in it and for if for as geeky as you and I are about music, you're gonna watch right. that and and you're gonna see a lot of yourself in it. And it's I'm really <laughs> it's really funny because I'll admit I am I am I am pretentious about music. I know that I'm pretentious <laughs> about music. I yeah. spent ten minutes uh, waxing about death grips for Christ's sakes. I know. <laughs> that I see the flawed logic in that, in that <laughs> argument. And that's exactly how these guys are. And it's, it's terrific. Right. So <laughs> what I wrote down, this was funny to me when I was doing sniggles this week, I take notes uh-huh. as as I go through and I listen to stuff and mm-hmm. I, I wrote down the two things about Lincoln park and it's a good track, but it was kind of unmemorable, unmemorable, mm-hmm. excuse me. And then underneath that, I wrote, why hasn't Mark chosen to do the new crosses single yet? Ooh, that's a very good point. I I have not. I don't know why I've forgotten that. It's on my list. I just keep overlooking it. That's okay. That's my favorite vocalist ever. We that's going to come up here pretty soon because uh, I think we're going to do something special next week. Uh, we're going to do what we talked about oh, earlier yeah. this week. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, we'll should we announce that, that now or should we? Let's save do it, it at the end. Okay. Let's say, save it for the end. Special announcement at the end. Gosh, Dan and I are going to have a challenge, so... and I. And I aim to win the challenge. <laughs> you say that, but I was, I got excited. I listened to my pick yesterday, just a little bit of it. Yeah. And I had a visceral reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who you want to go first? What'd you pick this week? Okay. This week I picked the fertility, not the fertility, fertilities, mortal Kombat fertility, fertility. I, <laughs> Kill it with a guitar. This is this is because I'm trying not to say um, and I'm messing up all my other words. <laughs> I picked very mm-hmm. slowly the Fratelli's yes. new album, Half Drunk Under a Full Moon. If you listened last week, what I mentioned was that the Fratelli's is a band I'm not super familiar with. This mm-hmm. is really my first deep dive into this group's catalog or into this group's, uh, into this album. And that's the first right. thing I've heard from their catalog. Let me say that. The Fratellis was always a band that, similar to Death Grips, they pop up on my radar here and there. I'll see them, I'll get recommendations, references and things like that. But I've never really sat and give them an honest listen. Or if I have, I forgot. It, must, it might have right. been years ago. The Fratellis are a band from... Scotland. They're from Glasgow, formed mm-hmm. in 2005. The band is a three-piece. I love this. They did like the Ramones where it's Johnny Ramone and Dee Dee Ramone and they all have the same last name. So it's John Fratelli, mm-hmm. bassist and backing vocals, Barry Fratelli, and then their drummer and backing vocals, Mince Fratelli. So along with the Ramones <laughs> and Ween, They've mm-hmm. adopted that kind of thing as themselves. For a long time, I thought Ween really was Gene Ween and Dean Ween, <laughs> which I thought those were their real names and they were brothers. I bought into it. It's awesome. 
that's a little bit of background on the Fratellis. The Fratellis, they had some success as an indie group. They're an indie rock. They're they're labeled as indie rock, garage rock, post-punk revival, and Mm -hmm. alternative rock. I have some very strong opinions about this record, but before I share mine, uh, (laughs) let me hear what you have to say. Let's let you kick it off. So I was absolutely astonished at myself listening to this because out of all the music I've listened to with you, even stuff that you've just shown me at your house, like you have shown me some obscure, super weird twisted shit over the last year and a half. (laughs) And I found that stuff way more tolerable than this. Oh, okay. I, I have no idea there to me, this music has to, to me. And I know I'm the anomaly here because I listen, I've listened to this several times and I'm like, I feel nothing. I feel no connection with this. I don't know what it is. I feel just like, like null and void whenever I listen to something, <laughs> there's just nothing here and I'm like I can hear everything they're doing and these guys are fantastic <laughs> I was just like what I don't I could not understand I have not been able to figure out like to me it's just I it, it's it's just like blech and it turns me off to it. I'm just like, I, every time I'm just like, oh, I got to listen to this again. I'm like, no, I got to find something that I like. And I'm like, no, nah, there's just nothing. <laughs> one thing I did notice, one thing, like tangible thing that I did notice, the music to me, I, I don't feel the bass guitar or the bass drum. And it makes the music feel incredibly thin. Oh, I listen okay. to this on a stereo. I listen to this on headphones. I listen to this a few different ways. And it all just feels very thin to me. And That's I really do know that I like music with a good amount of bass to it. A lot of the songs feel like they just like kind of plot along. Mm-hmm. Um. The upbeat songs, like I like, there's a good variety of like upbeat songs and like slow songs, and I don't know what it was lyrically, musically. The guy's a phenomenal singer. These guys are phenomenal musicians. I just, I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. I was like, is it the weather? Weather? It's been raining in Houston for two weeks, and my driveway's flooded twice. Am I just pissed because it feels like Scotland? Like, <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to listen to Scottish shit. I want the sunshine. <laughs> maybe I've seen. Maybe I did heroin like on train spotting. I'd like it better. <laughs> I honestly, other than that, I just can't understand what I just don't get about this. That's okay. That's you know. That, look, this is this is why we do this podcast. Right. Is we? It would be a crime. It would be unfair to us and to anybody listening if we and I just agreed all the time and. Right you know, kind of had our noses up each other's butts. There's a poop joke yeah. for you. <laughs> episode after episode with no discourse. Part of what I think makes for good conversation is good tension. Yeah. Let me tell you what I liked about this and why okay. it caught me. I went back and forth in my mind about what this reminded me of. And Ultimately, what it came down to, I, from what I understand, well, let me start with this. From what I understand, this is really a different record for them also. And I think, I haven't listened to any of their back catalog, but I think mm-hmm. if I've read correctly on a couple of reviews that I looked up, like on Pitchfork and Enemy, that this is a real change of pace for this group. 
and that their other stuff has a little more attitude or a little more punk influence, a little more mm-hmm. garage rock. With that in mind, my first go round, I went, wow, this has almost like a 60s vibe. Yeah. Like the songwriting has a real 60s vibe from the get go, from track one, which is the title track, Half Drunk Under a Full Moon. I start to get a real 60s vibe, but there's also hints of other stuff that I hear too. I get a lot of like the Beach Boys, I get a lot of Chicago, mm-hmm. like Saturday in the yeah. park. Like, yeah, I get a lot of the Supremes. And what I ultimately settled on is this sounds like if Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys uh-huh. wrote songs for Elvis while he was in his Vegas phase. <laughs> it's kind of accurate. It's like if Brian Wilson wrote It's Now or Never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Fools Rush In or something like that. Yeah. And Elvis was performing it in Vegas. That's what this record would sound like. <laughs> and it was, it was so different than what I expected with a band like the Fratellis. I guess I was thinking, I don't know why I thought it was going to sound more like the Ataris than anything else, but it didn't. It sounds like this. And it caught me so much by surprise that I thought, I wrote down, this is just upbeat. This is feel-good music. This is sing-along melodies. It's well-crafted songs. It's got some things that I do like in it. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the the uh, when they do the the bridge of songs like The Last Songboard, or there's a cool fuzz bass on the song Half Drunk. There's things going on. There's touches of things that I like in the production. I will say, as the record goes on, listening to it more than more than three or four times this uh-huh. week, by about the third or fourth time, I, I it started to bleed together. So yeah, okay. there was so there you was saw that too. there was some sameness. Yeah, there's some yeah. sameness. It almost felt like the songs were in different keys and different tempos and different things, but a lot of the same kinds of melodies. So mm-hmm. I I did get on that, but I didn't feel that the first two listens to it was over time. So I would say that this is a record that for me works in small doses. It's mm-hmm. going to be one that I, I enjoyed a lot. I want to go back and listen to it some more, but not do as much of a binge like I did yeah. <laughs> preparing for the podcast. It, it was, I, I guess I, I was expecting like Scottish rock punk. And so then it became to like Scottish alt rock. And I was like, oh, okay. Then I have nothing, no problem with that. It's just, the I did have a problem with the production though, too. I just felt like it was, it lacked something. It lacked depth. And yeah. That's really I interesting. I, I didn't catch it. It's hard that. to put to it. I didn't catch and it. Did you have any songs that stuck out to you as being favorites? The, so the, um, oh man. It was the, I think the third to last song. I don't have it pulled up right now. Is I that can't Six it's, Days in June? Yeah, six days in June. Out of all of them, I was like, okay, this song I felt like was one of the better songs. Mm-hmm. And then the two preceding that were just back down to the drudge of pouring rain in Glasgow. It might have just where yeah, all you knows, just do man. is go eat your <laughs> sheep's bladder 
filled with pig intestine yeah. and marvel at how miserable your life is. You talk shit about England, the sovereign. You talk shit about the sovereign. And you say words like sovereign. Yeah. I'll tell you the ones, the songs that really stuck out to me that really I liked a lot were the title track. I thought it was a really good one. Half drunk under a full moon. Mm. My absolute favorite lay your body down as a track was really great to me. That song, oddly enough, I thought, and maybe again, who knows why I associated it with this. It could have been that you and I did another podcast and we talked about this band, but lay your body down. The song uh-huh. gave me credence, Clearwater revival vibes. Oh, I'd, I'd have to go listen to that again. I didn't catch that. But maybe if I listened to it again, I would pick up on it. Who knows? I also liked Strangers in the Street. I liked Oh Roxy. And I really liked the closing track, Hello Stranger. Oh, that The closing track was one I... Well, <laughs> didn't do it for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, is this over yet? <laughs> and he's like, nope. We can do it one more time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to guess... You're probably giving this like uh, one and a half. I'm giving it two. Two. And see, okay. I'm giving it two because I recognize that I don't like it. That doesn't mean it's bad. I did knock it. I was I originally I was thinking oh, I'll give it two and a half, like mediocre. But then I was like, no. I felt like the production could have been better. It could have been a better mix. It could have been presented a little bit better. At least in my opinion. Obviously, the producer and the mixer and the engineers were going for something else. Whatever. It's my opinion. But I it dropped it down to two just because every time I listened to it, I was like, there is kick drum and bass in this. Is there or <laughs> is it just guitars and singing and cymbals? <laughs> I wonder I wonder if because they were going for a 60s pop vibe, if that was an intentional choice on their part to try to mimic it's that possible. sound. Because it makes me think of songs like The Supremes yeah. and the some of the Beach Boy stuff where you don't hear you don't hear bass and kick drum. It's it's no, because it's there, but it's buried way back in the mix. So I'm I'd be curious to hear about that. I gave it, I ended up giving it three and a half beards. Okay. But I would say it's a strong three and a half for me. This is gonna be mm-hmm. a record that you remember last week when I, I mentioned that sometimes records, I, I'll, I'll go through phases where I'll listen to it nonstop for a week and then I'll n- never listen to it again for four years. Right. This will be one of those for me. I will, I will stumble upon this in about a year and a half and go, Ooh, the Fratellis. I really <laughs> like that. And I'll throw it uh-huh. on and I'll go, man, this is a really good record. And I'll listen to it for about seven days and I'll go, cool. That was enough. I'll see you soon for yeah. And then it'll be five years. <laughs> and in five years time, I'll be like in my mid forties and I'll go, Ooh, the Fratellis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So I also felt like it was, I, I, I don't know. It just, yeah, I, there's just something I can't put my finger on. But anyways, I two beards. But I do want to say, even though I gave it two beards, like if you're out there listening, give it a fair shot. Give it, give it your own, you know, listen, make up your mind for yourself. I don't want to like unnecessarily shit on these guys. It's just not for me. <laughs> uh, it also sounds like something my brother would really like, and I don't like his taste in music. Oh, very I thought- much. <laughs> for a split second there, I thought you were going to say it sounds like something my brother would like, and I hate my brother. 
<laughs> no, I just, I love my brother. I just don't like his taste in music. <laughs> Fair enough, man. And I would, this, this almost, and I'm going to choose my words carefully here. This almost sounds like something our mutual friend would like. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, we, I know those we don't yeah. speak of. Yeah. Right. I he think this is up there with, name. it's up there with Yaysayer. It's got yeah. Yaysayer vibes. And yeah. that's, I think that, that style probably just doesn't fit for you. It's just not a good fit for you. And I so don't think it is either. I want to continue. Um, I'll, I'll be very candid and honest up front. I'm probably going to continue to find stuff like that because I do like that kind of thing. It'll be, it'll be good to hear. Who knows? There may be something that strikes you. Same with you and metalcore. It's good for me to listen to, even though the bulk of it, I'm probably just not going to be that into. Oh yeah. Well, every the thing is, is I fully expect for you to find something that's in this kind of subgenre that I'm really gonna dig. You just gotta find it because yeah, yeah. that's one thing I've learned. There's there's been r- random weird like b- indie bands from Canada that I think their album is trash, but they have one song that is a gem, and I just <laughs> can't get it out of my head. Yeah, it's just every once in a while you find a song or an album, I'm like oh, okay, their whole catalog I think is garbage, but this one is really good. This is the one. <laughs> so I've, that's it. You it's just a Latin. <laughs> yeah. It's a diamond in the rough. Uh, so this week... I can show I you ins- some songs. Yeah. <laughs> I was inspired by your pick of Health and Nine Inch Nails. It got me back into industrial music. And holy shit, I went down the rabbit hole of industrial <laughs> dark music from 1995. Uh, I picked Misguided by Argyle Park. So Argyle Park was formed in New York City in like 1994. Uh, is named after Argyle Park on Long Island where these two guys grew up they go by pseudonyms doesn't really matter because i can't remember <laughs> Does it, it's just two dudes who liked uh, industrial music and back when that was the raging thing they were like hey let's make our own little group so it's these two guys uh most of the vocals on this are guest vocal spots okay which uh largely people you've never heard of before but uh a lot of them are, I feel are very good. I Argyle park, this album, especially they, they released these guys released this album by Argyle park called misguided. And then they disbanded regrouped as a different group called AP two and released another album which it was okay, but it wasn't as good as this one. It was the same industrial thing, the same sound, but this one I feel was more varied and more unique. Uh, this, these guys pulled influencers from everywhere, like uh, techno metal guitars, ragtime piano, which mm-hmm. was really unique on one of these songs. It's they, they get really creative with how they structure some of these songs. Uh, my favorite part outside of like the metal guitars, I think is the use of sampling dialogue from movies in this. Mm-hmm. It lends to the like ethereal sci-fi dark crazy. It's like just this dark, scary, almost horror esque vibe to this whole album. Also from the cover art, there's like this industrial like city underneath this creepy tree under it's just creepy and cool. And I was like 14 or 15 when I first got this. Yeah. And I'm sure my mom was like, dear God, what is my child? <laughs> <laughs> but a, uh, it's, it, it the 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 only the it it starts off with this like rain track and like uh, one of the guys like you know talking about you know this it's it's all about dark themes. It starts so talking with talking. About, we you yeah. know how I feel about that. Yeah. Okay. Not your favorite. Not my favorite. 
I'm always feel like they could forego it and just get to the music, but it was 1995. That was kind of a thing. So yep. they just did it. But when the music comes in, it just kicks you in the face. It's just like, boom. And the opening guitar riff and the drums come in and there's like this like punk fast beat and everything. And the guy's screaming over the top. You got two vocalists, Clank and Mark Solomon. One guy's like shouting. The other guy's doing the low, like death metal growl. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it gives you like uh, an idea of what everything's going to be dark extreme all over the place but what makes the uh, what i like about how they structure their songs is there's like heaviness and craziness and darkness and then quiet mm-hmm. and then there's like background noises or dialogue and it's like trying to get the idea of the song or whatever the theme of the song is and then it comes back in and hits it again and then there's like an electronic breakdown and it just feel it's it's an interesting way to structure a song um quick question can you name the movie and the actor from the heavy breathing and the guy going saying keep moving that's throughout this whole song no i didn't catch that uh, it's kurt russell is it the thing in it's no, it's escape from New York. Oh, he's trying okay. to cross the bridge. Another John Carpenter wrong. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was, that was my best guess was, okay, it's gotta be something horror related. Yeah. So I went the thing first. Uh, so it's, God, I haven't it's, seen escape from New York in so long. Right. Snake, I remember snake I, Pliskin. My dad used to yep. watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I bought this album before I watched it. So that when I watched the film, I was like, oh, hey, that's where this is from. I've had stuff like that on records before where they sample for movies and years will go by. I'll see the movie and go, oh, I know that line. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But hey, uh, uh, the first song, the first two songs, probably some of my favorites. Agony um, is my favorite track, hands down, on the album. Okay. I feel like it's just, it's got this more like electronic, like dance techno vibe, but it still has a lot of this sci-fi elements to it. And the vocalist is, uh, it's just a guy for a pen name. I looked him up cause I really liked his vocals. Can't find the guy's real name. He the goes under a pen. Agony? Yeah. The guy from I Agony. I thought it was goes- the dude from Orgy. No, I did too, but it's not. It's a guy named Gyro Chan. He was in another industrial band called Mortal. Okay. And he's a Filipino dude from Loma Linda, California. Okay. So I was like, Filipino dudes can rock too. This is fucking amazing. Isn't the guy from Journey now from the Philippines? I don't know. I don't keep up on Journey. <laughs> I think the guy that they got to replace Steve Perry is from the Philippines. There's a, it's a really Ooh. cool story. There's a whole documentary about him because they found him on YouTube. I have to check this. They found his cover band on YouTube and he did such a good job and he sounds so much like Steve Perry that they gave him the gig. Ooh. And this dude was like living in the slums in the Philippines. It's such a wonderful, (laughs) it's a great story. I know I'm derailing the conversation completely, but that's a really great documentary. And what's neat is in the documentary, they show apparently over there, part of the culture for going to see live music is they do cover bands but how uh-huh. accurate you can sound like the band that you're covering is uh-huh. how you're graded. And so oh. there's video of this guy. He's essentially, he's just doing a Steve Perry impression, but he also yeah. does like a Robert Plant impression. And they showed him doing the Robert Plant one, a little brief clip of his band before he got signed to Journey. And he sounds just like Robert Plant. So <laughs> here's this kid. He gets plucked. He's, he 
his English is still very broken. It's awesome. Right. And he's touring with Journey and he's selling out <laughs> stadiums and shit. So that's amazing. You know, kudos to the Filipinos for yeah. keeping it strong with, with both German industrial uh, techno here <laughs> exactly. and fucking Journey. <laughs> yeah. You're taking over the scene. Go for it. You got those two um, bases very well covered, guys. Yes. Good job. That and yeah. badminton. I've yes. never seen people play badminton better than Filipinos. They kick no, my I've ass at I've said it for years. The, yeah. <laughs> that's like uh, that's like bad advice that you'd get from the Princess Bride when he's like, never go yeah. against a Sicilian <laughs> when death is on the line. Never and never play badminton against a Filipino. <laughs> you will lose. <laughs> Oh, it's funny and it's true. Uh, uh, this album, it's got quite the lengthy track. I think it's like 15 or 16 tracks. There's four or five interludes in there. So it's kind of cuts down on it, but I feel like overall for the songs, I have a nice variation to them, like uh, Scarred for Life with Cell Dwellers, a little bit different. A Burden's Folly is just a lot of toms and metal guitars, mm -hmm. which is really fun, and it changes it up. I, I appreciate this album for the fact that they just were really content to just try new things. They didn't feel like they had to stick with formula A or B. And that's what makes it really stand out to me. Like the song Circle Redux comes around, and it feels like you're in the middle of a science fiction film or a science fiction video game. It's very spacey and ethereal, but also very peaceful. Like everything before circle is very chaotic and heavy circle comes. It's like a quick respite from all of it before leave me alone comes in. And it's the whole song. I mean, the whole song is this dude screaming, leave me alone. It's just back to the chaos and the angst. Uh, leave me alone also stands out probably my second favorite song because nowhere else have I ever heard ragtime piano and kind of jazz drums thrown in with, with metal music. <laughs> I heard it in two other places. <laughs> I have to hear these other examples. Two other places. The first of which is there's an indie prog band that I like a lot called the deer hunter. Uh, mm -hmm. D-E-A-R Hunter, because there's also an indie pop band called Deer Hunter, which is one word, and you can get them confused. But Deer Hunter, The Deer Hunter, is a very good band. They do, they have a series of records that are all, it's, this is so, it, it's pretentious. I told you I'm pretentious. I know that. Okay. Right. Now that you know that, there's five albums, and it's acts one, two, three, four, and five, and they all <laughs> end up, it's a five-album concept album that takes place <laughs> during World War One. Oh, dang. And there's a lot of very modern stuff in there, but they do these jazzy kind of ragtime stuff uh -huh. too, like 20s jazz and stuff. So I've heard it there. And the other one is another concept album, and it's a there's a Dream Theater record that they have an instrumental song that goes from like this ridiculously heavy stuff into full-on 20s jazz piano. <laughs> so that was when that came on on Leave Me Alone. Yeah. That I really gravitated towards that. I, I liked oh, that yeah. a lot. Uh, I uh, kind of, I'm not going to go through track by track, but I feel like it was solid. Violent was another good song. Uh, Gutter Boy, I liked. Uh, Misanthrope was also good. Skin Shed. Doomsayer, I felt like it was just like this. It built to this big epic ending with this kind of just grooving drum beat and simple but yet heavy guitars. Mm -hmm. And this dude's just screaming, Doomsayer! It's just really fun. It's, it's really, I don't know. I, 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 it's kind of nostalgic to me, but at the same time, 
at least to me personally, I can feel like, yeah, this album came out 25 years ago and I still feel like it's good. I don't feel like it's, yeah, industrial's not around anymore really, but I still feel like these songs to me have like a timeless element to it, but I'll get off my soapbox. What did you think about it? Well, okay. You touched on something that really resonated with me when I was listening to the whole record. This came out in 95. Uh-huh. I didn't hear about this in 95. Mm-hmm. Not on my radar. This was my first time listening to it. Okay, I have a lot to say. So bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> this might take a minute. Cuz no this 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 record kind of fucked me up. And what I mean by that is it timed I timed this poorly with a video uh-huh. that I shared from you with you. That's the guy that did Pat Finnerty, I think is his name, and he has that video series What Makes This Song Stink. Yeah where he talks about Weezer and he's talking about the song Beverly Hills, but Uh there's a part in that video that hit me to my core and really kind of, I had an, I'm not going to lie. I had an almost like mini existential crisis, (laughs) a mild, very mild, not like I'm, you know, contemplating a, uh, you know, what does it all mean or anything like that? But I got really thrown for a loop here when he posed this question. Cause he's talking about how bad, everything Weezer's done has been uh-huh. since Pinkerton and that they had two albums. And at one point he goes, was it ever really good or was I just young? Uh-huh. And I went, Oh fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I got to thinking about stuff. And then the, then simultaneously with that, I'm listening to this record and this, my, this really fit in with that. What I wrote was, this is the kind of thing that if I had heard it in my teens, uh-huh. my God, I would have loved it. I would have been so gung-ho for it. It's got ministry vibes. I like ministry mm-hmm. a lot. Right. And it's got KMFDM vibes. KMFDM I never really got into. You ever listen to them? No. They're, they're very much in line with this. And there's bands... There's two bands that it reminded me of that I listened to in my 20s that I can't listen to anymore. Ooh. <laughs> okay, one of them, Mindless Self-Indulgence. I mean, I think you and I have talked briefly about them, but you've, we have. We, I don't think you've ever really given them a listen. No. Mindless Self-Indulgence is video game music set to industrial beats with mm-hmm. a, and singer who is just nuts. A lot of Marilyn Manson kind of style from him, I feel. But he's still unique. But there's that band, Mindless Self-Indulgence, and then the band that this really, really reminded me of that I found their record in a CD store and I bought it and I loved it for like five years and then I never listened to it. And this was one of those ones that when I went back five years later, all of a sudden I went, what the fuck was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) And that's a band called Circus of Dead Squirrels. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of them? No. Okay, nobody has. Exactly. <laughs> They're fun because along with bands like Ministry and White Zombie and Argyle Park, they do a lot of the uh, audio samples mixed in, but theirs was like, they they did, they had, so obnoxious. They had a song on their record that stopped and like the song breaks in the middle of it uh-huh. and they play the entire ad from the 80s where it's Pee Wee Herman talking about 
don't do crack and he's like holding crack and it's a PSA and he's going, this what? is crack rock cocaine. It's such tw- <laughs> and such addictive. And he's, he's, it's a message for kids and he's a real thing that he did. Right. Then they play the whole ad and then kick the song back in when the ad is done. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck does that? Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> So, so this reminded me so much of bands like Circus Dead Squirrels, early, mm-hmm. early ministry, like, um, what's that? There's a one record. I think it's, it's not Psalm 69, but it's the album that came before that. I think it's a mind is a terrible thing to taste. Could be the name of their album. It's one of their early ones. And, mm-hmm. it, but it was, it really has a lot of those same vibes. Like there are, that's the record that starts off with the song thieves, which is just this rapid and it's rapid, heavy metal guitar. And they're sampling the guy from full metal jacket doing uh-huh. the drill sergeant bit mm-hmm. of it. So I, I will tell you once I was able to get in the right mindset <laughs> yeah, and go, okay, <laughs> 14 year old Dan, how do you, how do you feel about this? I found my inner child, found my inner teenager. Uh, and as 14 year old Dan, uh, so now I've got, you know, playboys under my mattress and stuff. And so (laughs) (laughs) if you're listening, we're, we're doing this over AOL chat. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Once I was able to get into it, I, I, I liked it a little bit better. But ultimately, this is a genre, industrial as a whole is, is a genre that I only ever dabbled in. I have two ministry records, one I like, one I think is just okay. Other mm-hmm. than Nine Inch Nails and the band Health, and even, you know, even last week I talked about that other band, Three Teeth, that's doing a good job with industrial music, but I'm not even that into Three Teeth. I just think they're doing right. a good job. It's like Rammstein. I, I think Rammstein's very great at what they do. I'd love to see them in concert because I think they put on a tremendous show but I'm not actively going out and listening to Rammstein. And right. that's kind of how I felt with Argyle Park is that, man, had I listened to this in the nineties, I, this would have been right up my alley and I really would have enjoyed it. And I can see the merit in that. But as a 40 year old listening to it for the first time, <laughs> it just didn't, it just didn't work for me. So I ultimately, I settled at two beards for this one. Okay. So right at the same time, same thing that you did with the fertilities. The, there I go again, the fertilities. <laughs> this felt like a fertility. <laughs> I'm going to name a sandwich the fertility. <laughs> what would be on it? Salami, right? Uh, like definitely Salami, some, some capicola. It's Scottish. Would you use haggis? Cheese, haggis, <laughs> corned beef. <laughs> it's a Scottish sandwich called the fertility. That sounds horrible, actually. I don't know. It does? <laughs> I, I kind of don't want to try that. Uh... I gave it four beards and I know a lot of other people probably wouldn't be as generous with it, but I watched that Pat Finnerty video too. And I, that, the quote he said was, did, was I just young or is this, or was this always bad? That hit me kind of like too. And I was like, Oh, there's a lot of stuff that I probably liked back in my teens and twenties that probably I would hate right now. And so it got me thinking about a few things. Oddly enough, I, I thought of like a few other artists like this one. Cause I was listening to this this week. I was like, for some reason, 
This I still appreciate and like, but there's a lot of other music, a lot of other bands that I used to think were great. And oh my gosh, they're objectively bad. Yeah, I can I can back you up on that one 100%. <laughs> I did really like the Leave Me Alone, those, those piano breakdowns sold uh-huh. me 100%. I like the song Circle. I like yeah, it's- Misanthrope is the best yeah. track on the record for me. And that's that, honestly, yeah. that's the one that had the, that reminded me the most of that ministry album that I really liked. Okay. You know what this reminded me of? Did you do Columbia house? Yes. I would have bought this shit on Columbia house. If I had seen it probably just by the album. This would have been, I would have seen the album cover and gotten this. Cause that's cause I bought a KMD FDM record from Columbia yeah. house because I liked the album cover. They had rad album <laughs> covers and rad t-shirts back in the nineties. KMFDM was crushing it, but I didn't get into KMFDM. And this is where I think there's two, almost two, two sub genres to me of industrial music. There's the industrial mm-hmm. music. That's like nine inch nails. That's very noise driven and experimental. And that's the stuff mm-hmm. I tend to gravitate toward a little more. And then there's the stuff that's a little more EDM driven. And mm-hmm. KMFDM would be EMF driven. This would be EMF, yeah. EDM driven. It's got very much those electronic techno vibes. Stuff yeah. like on the Spawn soundtrack. Do you remember the Spawn soundtrack? <laughs> yes, with, yes like, I Trip do. like I do and stuff. This, <laughs> yeah. this would have been a perfect companion piece to that. And if you like that kind of thing, and if you like that kind of music, I would recommend this. I would tell you definitely yeah. seek this album out if you can find it. It is a little bit of a gem. I like that it's, it's something that is unknown and not a lot of people know about. I was admittedly a little bit bummed that I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, to me, I know I liked it because I've always loved EDM probably since around the same time I was listening to this, you know, 1995. So I've always loved EDMs and EDM like, uh, like rock and metal. I've kind of waned to and fro throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I really like metal. Sometimes I don't right now. I'm in like a, just show me something good guys. Stop putting out the same crap kind of vibe with metal right now. But <clears throat> I don't know stuff that I feel is good. Some of it's timeless. Some of it I go back and listen to it and I'm just like, yuck. <laughs> this is one of those ones that I always will appreciate, uh, you know, out there, everybody, everybody out there listening, give it a whirl. If you do like EDM or industrial music, if you don't like it, you're not going to hurt my feelings. If you don't like it, uh, take a listen to the fertility, the sandwich, (laughs) corned beef, some French fried onions on top. Pretty delicious. Actually corned (laughs) beef and French fried onions. I could go with, but like the haggis, I've never had haggis. I've heard it's awful. I've been told it's like the durian of meat. Oh, I've never had it either. Did I say what I gave it? I gave it four beards. Four beards. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I, um, I wanted to make sure I did that. So uh, next week, Dan and I have a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> We're going to do something different just, just for fun. That's one thing you will notice about me if you listen to my other podcast, No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I don't like things ever being the same. And I've had a lot of people tell me over the past couple of years of doing podcasts, like, oh, you got to find structure. You got to do things the same way. I understand people want like stability. They want to know what they're getting into. I completely understand that. But that is a big thing that uh, turns me off to most other podcasts. I can listen to a podcast for a long time, but then it just gets repetitions, even though if it's different every time or a different subject every time, it just, there's really only 
two podcasts that I've been able to listen to for the past five years consistently. And I've listened to maybe hundred of other podcasts and it's just, I like to mix things up. So next week, Dan and I are going to pick, how did you put it? We're going to pick something that we like, but we're embarrassed that we like. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> ultimate guilty pleasure. Yeah. And, and it, it has to be bad. It, this has to be, so there's a, there's a criteria in my mind that I've put right. together. Right. Um, this is something that, that you listen to only in private. Okay. Yes. And that yeah. if somebody finds it, you make up a story as to why you had that. Oh, you're like, oh, fucking man, I found this or this yeah. guy gave it to me or some bullshit. Yeah. And yeah, I just kept it. I never, but then like when they're gone and no one's around, you kind of secretly put this on occasionally yeah. and you rock the fuck out to it. Yeah. It's embarrassing music like that. We're going to pick yeah. our number one album. I would, st- I didn't pick a, a, a sniggle for this. I week. have a sniggle for it too. You do. I was, I was hoping we could go traditional sniggles. <laughs> And we then, can do a traditional sniggle. I could pick one. Guilty. I'll guilty. just pick the new new crosses one. Let's do that. So let's do. Uh, we'll balance it <laughs> a little bit so we're not all the way too far in a horrible direction. This might jeopardize our friendship. Oh, I I I I, I, I told Cat the other day I played this and I was sitting there and I was, she's like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Dan's gonna hate me." <laughs> I was like, Dan and I might not be friends after this. Okay. <laughs> so, so let's be, let's be fair with each other. And I know yes. that normally we try to get through albums more than once or twice, uh, right. more than a few times with each other. We try to give it the benefit of the doubt. If you can't make it through this, I, I'm <laughs> fully aware of that and that's okay. And I'll do the same. I will, I will, I I'll guarantee you, I will get through it at least one time. Right. But if it's as bad as I'm thinking, and if it's as bad as I know mine is, <laughs> if we ended that, that's okay with me. All right. So, so you, like, what is your you, pick? My pick. This is this is God literally it, if you somebody. Pick, if it's Aqua, if it's the Barbie it's girl, not, okay, good. No, no. This is nobody's ever heard of this. This is the deepest of all deep cuts I could ever pick. <laughs> this is a solo R&B artist from Oklahoma City named Julius Sky Wright and his album Second Time Around Sky. <laughs> Did you get it at a flea market? Was he selling it? I'll t- I'll Did share you the buy story this from him. <laughs> Is it like second is it hand. on a bird CD? <laughs> second hand. Second hand. <laughs> I have a whole story to go back Dude, up with this too. If like the, what's gonna save this for me if I turn it on, if he does a cover of Clarence Carter's stroking. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I'm sold, baby. Amazing. I'm gonna be in it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know we could go there. I would have fucking I would have given you some fucking Van Bruce art or something. <laughs> That's an artist that's a, like a swamp pop is a genre. Are you familiar with swamp pop? No. All right. I know I'm, I'm running the clock here. Swamp pop is bad Louisiana music. This guy used to play at state fairs and that's like the only gigs he could get with state fairs in Louisiana. Oh my goodness. And it's, it's like beer drinking music. He's got songs like, uh, he's, it's like, it's so bad, like cheesy eighties Casio keyboards and stuff, but the guy's a goddamn, he's a goddamn legend with 
<laughs> baby boomers in Louisiana. Like that guy, oh, sure. like he could go to a state fair tomorrow and, and get all the like, 60 year old pussy he wants. Yes, sir. And funnel cakes, <laughs> which is <laughs> ironically not a euphemism for 60 year old <laughs> vagina. Like that's, I feel like that's what they should call it. Uh, funnel so cakes are pick? reverse cream pies. <laughs> Uh, got away from the bald dick jokes Uh, so what'd you pick okay man I picked the triumph of steel by man of war oh my goodness (laughs) do you know man of war I've heard Man of War once or twice. Man of War is a power metal group from the 80s. They still hold mm-hmm. the Guinness Book of World Records for loudest band of all time on a decibel level. Mm-hmm. I don't even like this record. I <laughs> just, I I will I I will occasionally go and listen to this and marvel at how bad it is and how long I've had this record. And mm-hmm. there's a part of me that still just, I, I'm still going to call, I'm still going to put this on. This is like the band that dragon force listened to, to get their sound. Okay. <laughs> you're going to dig it. You know how you like long songs a lot, Mark? Yeah. 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 You know how you're a huge fan of that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Buckle up. Cause track one is called Achilles agony and ecstasy in eight parts. And it's 30 oh minutes God. long. <laughs> oh, this track one alone is half the album. That's like in a God of DeVita level. That's like one whole yeah. side of the record is just that. And it's, it plays out like a goddamn musical. <laughs> it is the most, it's character driven. The guy's doing voices and shit. Uh, so obnoxious, but you're going to look at the cover and you're going to be like fitness goals. Uh, I want to do what that guy's doing. Cause he's got abs on top of abs in here. Oh damn. This is like, yeah, this is like peak. It It's so funny because you know, grunge is probably my favorite genre of all time. Yeah. And this came out in 92. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is like the same year dirt came out. This is the same year that, uh, I think, 10 came out. I think this is the same year that Bad Motor Finger came out. This is <laughs> this is a year after Nevermind was released. Okay. Yeah. This is the year that Gish came out. And Man O' War <laughs> releases the Triumph of Steel with <laughs> song titles such as Metal Warriors, Ride the Dragon, Spirit Horse <laughs> of the Cherokee. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Master of the wind, which is an epic closer. I'll put that fucker on repeat. (sighs) So it's going to be a fun week. I haven't listened to some, I listened, I dabbled in it last week and I was like, holy shit. I can't wait to talk about this. I, this is going to be, this is going to be like a catharsis for me. This is like when you finally go to therapy and you open up and you had that repressed trauma that you finally mm-hmm. get out in the open and you're like, Oh my God, that's what I've been holding on to. And that's, what's been keeping me back from growing as a person. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to understand now. I don't know if I've done this around you, but this Julius Skyright album, there's a lot of like little ones, one, one, one liner inside jokes that I say to myself, 
because of this, not yes. necessarily to other people, yes. but I'll just randomly be like, 12 o'clock and cat and other people be like, what? And I'm like, ah, oh, you wouldn't get it. That's <laughs> fantastic. That's very similar to how Clarence Carter stroking is. <laughs> you know that song? Have you ever made love in the backseat of a no, car? I, I have not heard that. Oh, dude. Now I need to go listen okay. to it. All right. You need to do two things related to that one specific song. Number one is you got to listen to the song and understand that growing up in Louisiana, that song is played at every wedding. Oh, damn. Okay. So I'm going to, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do, <laughs> let's do bad sniggles and let's do Clarence Carter. <laughs> okay. As a bad sniggle. Okay. Fuck do you it. Want to, you, yes. you want my bad sniggle? All on board. We're just going to go. My, <laughs> my bad sniggle is Give Me More by Britney Spears. Oh, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> I don't play dirty. All right. Yes, I do play dirty. You're toxic. <laughs> okay. Right. So. so, so, so I'll save the story about the movie yeah. that uses Clarence Carter stroking and how brilliantly this song is used in a movie for next week. <laughs> save that story okay. for next week all right we'll, so we'll i just sent you and we'll still be friends after i hope we will <laughs> we're like we're gonna hug it out all's gonna be good i just sent you the triumph of steel by man of war oh yeah okay well real quick before we wrap up everybody you can f- send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com you can find me on instagram at uh, mr underscore pockets 21 you can find dan at dwight privilege Well, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all next week when we listen to some of the worst music we've ever heard.